Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mullen, and welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. Oh, that was weird. Okay, well, we'll keep going. Um, so uh, I'm in a unique position. To talk about this um, because I have been a child counselor for the past 20 years and I'm also a mom and I learned many of the lessons about my through my child clients and my own children about how to do parenting a little bit different. Um, I, I coupled this knowledge with my um, all that I've learned as a from mental health counseling and parent coaching and part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with children and hundreds of them that there are just some simple principles for parenting. These 20 principles for blissful parenting are simple and life-altering. They will change your relationships with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself around children and improving your parenting esteem. In this show, I will talk about um, not one of the blissful parenting principles, but one I could certainly add on, and one we get questions about in our clinical practice all the time, and that is the idea of picking your battles. Um, I will have guests that will further our conversation about parenting and children. You'll want to stay tuned um, for my upcoming book on blissful parenting with a foreword by Jack Canfield. Um, the co-founder of Chicken Soup for the Soul series and um, the Success Principles. And you're going to want to check out my website at www.integrativecounseling.us and follow me on Twitter at Dr. Joey Mullen. Um, today, for today's show, I'm going to be joined by my friend, sidekick, mental health counselor, play therapist, mom and grandma, June Ripley. And we're going to be addressing those battles and how to pick them with how to decide which ones to pick with your children, which are the most important to pick, and not just how to pick them, but how to win them, Um, because quite frankly, picking the battle is only um, part of it. So that's where uh, where we're starting today, and um, welcome, June. Hi, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So I wanted to start off by saying um, a, a little bit about picking your battles. This is probably the most common thing that... Um, we tell our the parents of our clients it's the most common thing I tell my sister it's the most common thing I tell my friends when they ask me about they ask me a question about their child and you know what do I do when they do that kind of thing and and my most common answer is you have to decide if that's a battle that you want to pick um, and and that's where we're going to start today in in suggesting to you that you really do have to decide, is this important enough to fight with over my child, you know, with my child? How, how does that help our relationship? How may it hinder our relationship? 
is it a punishment to me if I um, if I pick this battle as a parent? And so a couple of um, ones really rise to the, to the common um, questions we get asked about this. Um, and so I, I want to share those. And then we'll share a couple of stories and give examples and help you um, start thinking about making those decisions about picking your battles. And then the second part of the show, we'll talk about, you know, how you win those battles. And, and I use the term win loosely here because they don't, the win is in that your child and it doesn't compromise your relationship with your child. I also want to say two other things is that this is definitely um, something that, um, in that I, a lesson that I learned from working with children. I actually had it even reinforced in a, a session with a um, uh, 12-year-old a couple of weeks ago that I was working, that I'm working with clinically. Um, but this is appropriate for teachers. This is appropriate for um, coaches and dance teachers and grandparents. And so this is really, this is one of those um, principles of parenting that really is um, just so um, multifaceted in the number of people who can use it who have relationships with children. It's not just for parents. So I want to say that. The other thing I want to say is that as June and I um, are likely to give clinical examples um, aside from our personal ones about um, picking your battles with children is that we always have changed the names and any other identifying um, characteristics so that we are um, keeping our ethical and professional promises um, to our clients and actually to our profession overall. So that being said, um, when I was thinking about where we would go with this podcast, one of the things that came to mind is how to decide if it's worth it. And some of the things that I hear parents um, really picking battles with their children around, um, one is being right. You know, how important is it to be right? And whether that's being right about the spelling of a word or being right about you'll get in trouble if you do that or being right about um, if you leave that plate um, that plate with food in it in your room, you're going to get bugs. No matter what it is, you have to decide how important is it for you to be right. The other um, one that is it's very interesting that I've heard from um, some of the parents that I talked to is about how children dress. And I'm not talking about um, dressing provocatively or dressing um, inappropriately for climate, but just dressing like not matching or not dressing the way that the parent wants them to dress. Um, and we're not talking for special occasions or anything like that, but just their day-to-day outfits. That seems to be um, a big one as well. And then the third one that really um, came to mind as I was thinking about this was grades. And um, by grades, I mean academic performance. And um, there seems to be a lot of battles around that that typically aren't good for either the child or the caregiver and ultimately really get in the way of the relationship. I think of all the battles um, that I hear hear, um, about picking with your children, the one about grades seems to be the one that's most detrimental to the overall relationship. So I'll spend some specific time talking about that. Okay, so how do you decide if it's worth it? Well, I think one, the first rule to go by is, is this a safety issue? If it's a safety issue, meaning the safety of your child or the safety of somebody else or the um, integrity of um, the property in terms of safety that way, I think that's always a battle worth fighting. That's a no-brainer. You have to fight that battle. 
Um, so that that is very very important. So that's that's one that you can um, you know just check off your list right, right away. Is it okay to let my son play um, you know in the backyard when there's um, my husband's tools are out in the yard? No. Even though he wants to play right now before the tools get cleaned up, that's a no. <laughs> so um, I'm going to fight that battle because it's unsafe for him. So that would be an, an example. Okay. So June, I've been um, talking incessantly here for a few minutes. Um, is there something? Are there some initial thoughts that you have about picking your battles? Um, well, I think um, at the time of life that I'm in, I have the luxury of being able to look back and see how many of the battles weren't worth the battle. Um, you know, I, I my my kids are grown. My my son did find a nice girl and settle down and get married, even though he um, even even though it was my fear, like, oh my gosh, who's who who's gonna put up with this child the way I do? <laughs> who's right. gonna be able? Uh, you know, is someone gonna gonna marry him when they find out that you know I used to find seventeen wet towels on the floor of his room when we finally ran out of towels in the linen closet or. 37 socks when I eventually ventured into his room to gather up the wash and um, yeah. like all of those things were super annoying but they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things and I'm I'm not minimizing um, anyone's bad you know anyone's issue at this time but just to kind of shed a little light on um, a lot of it really doesn't matter in the in the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and that's where, um, you know, some of these um, I, I get um, really interested in what, how you decide to pick the battle because the being right one is something that, I don't know, maybe it's just really um, prevalent in my family, but in our, in our family unit, there's four of us. All of us very much enjoy being right, and um, all of us are... are yeah, are it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> And we're all stubborn, too. And what happens is that, you know, um, somebody will say something, like, who sings the song? I mean, it could be as simple as that. You know, I'll say, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Pink sings that song. And my daughter will be like, no, that's not Pink. It's, you know, um, um, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. It's Christina Aguilera. And, no, it's Pink. Now, at what point do we let that go? Do I say, well, I'm going to get on and Google it and find out, you know, find out the answer? Well, I might, but now what has that done to our relationship? It, it becomes more important to my daughter that I proved I'm right or, or in her case, maybe even more important that she proved me wrong or vice versa um, that than us talking about the music or enjoying the song that we were listening to. And that's just, you know, a really simple example but I want parents out there and other people who are in relationships with children to think about how important is it to be right about these things that in the grand scheme of things, and I think you said it really well, June, just don't matter. I mean, really, how much does that matter, whether Pink sings a song or Christina Aguilera sings a song, you know? Exactly. So even with, yeah, and even with memories, I think that that's a place that that comes up. You know, like, remember last year when we went to Florida and somebody, you know, somebody in our family will say, "Nope, that wasn't last year. That was a year and a half ago." Okay, you know, like fine, it was a year and a half ago. So, so part of on being able to decide if a battle is worth it, especially one about being right, is deciding, um, you know, how this will impact 
the relationship overall. And the other part of it is, you know, is like how right do you have to be? You know, like um, can right. you let it go? So I think that a big part of picking your battle is really recognizing what are you willing to let go. And what I'd like parents and other people who are um, listening and have relationships with children to ask themselves is before they go ahead and and pick that battle about being right, to ask themselves and really take a moment to think about it. That pause can just be such an effective moment for me, you know, in making um, this decision. So in that pause, ask yourself, is this worth it or can I let it go? And and letting it go sometimes feels way better than being right. And and I'm saying this from such an authentic place because, like I said, I'm not going to um, be um, I'm not going to be disingenuous about this. I, you know, I'm a person who loves to be right. It's one of my you are right almost means as much to me as I love you. So those words are just this way. So, but there are times where letting it go is going to feel better to you, and in the moment. And in and how it plays out in the future will really um, be way way um, more um, more of what you want for a close and respectful relationship with your child. Right, and I, can, and I and I think a lot of times if if too many things are harped on, like if too many um, if there are too many things that um, too many battles that you. Um, create, it winds up being that even though your intention might be to be teaching your children things um, for the future and and all of that, what winds up happening is you actually lose your influence with them if they're hearing too many things that they can't do and, you know, too many things that they're doing wrong because then they kind of learn to tune it out and you don't have much um, influence in that way. Uh, and that's one, this is where the grade one comes up. And I know, um, you know, because we've talked about this off the air quite a bit, is that um, we have many, many clients over the years, um, child and adolescent clients. So we're not just talking about young children here. And actually, sometimes we've been talking about uh, college-age um, uh, kids that we're working with. And uh, the issue is that their their grades, um, are, are poor. They're not doing as well academically as their parents think they should be doing. And so they get referred to counseling, and um, and sometimes that's a marker of, a, you know, a child needing um, some assistance um, in, in mental health. Um, they had really good grades, and now their grades have flipped, or um, they're very frustrated about their own school performance, or they're very anxious in school, you know, those kind of things. Those are very appropriate um, you know, for our work as mental, mental health counselors and play therapists. But many of the kids that we work with, that's not exactly the issue. The issue is that they have never really been all that great of a student, <laughs> and they're still not that great of a student. And their parents um, sometimes, you know, think that they could can do better, and sometimes that is true, that they could perform uh, better academically. Um, and what happens is, that their parents pick this battle. But this isn't a battle that you pick once, and this is this is a battle that is they pick day after day after day. And what winds up happening is that the you know, we see this clinically is that the, this isn't even about the academics anymore. The kids it's that they're just so stressed out from 
like you said, June, just it's ongoing, that ongoing, ongoing um, battle that they have. I'm going to give you an example because we have this unique thing in the school district that we live in, but I, I'm guessing that other districts have um, something similar. I have, once your child reaches middle school age, you have the opportunity to check, um, you know, via a portal if your child's handed in their assignments, how many assignments are missing, what their current grade is. So as each assignment is graded, the um, instructor puts their grade um, into the portal and you can see how they're doing. So really you could check this every single day. Well, um, some parents of the kids that we see do. And what happens is now they fight every single day. They pick this battle every single day, and I'm not exaggerating about that. Because what I've learned from the kids that I work with is that uh, that it's, they dread coming home to school because they know during the day their parent or guardian has checked their grades. Um, so they dread coming home from school. Then they have to do their homework, and they're, they're stressed because they've already had that battle, and now they're having the battle about the homework. <laughs> and you have four missing assignments, and how can you have four missing assignments? And then, you know, the next morning starts off with, the same battle again, like, uh, and it just is every day of the school year. And, you know, we both of us have made recommendations to parents about really getting, uh, not picking that battle. And the battle you pick is that you want your kids to feel proud of how their own school performance and know that they see their best. But that harping and harping and harping on their grades, picking that battle over and over again, makes school not such, like, make makes it so school is unpleasant to them. The whole thing is unpleasant, and now your relationship with them um, is disconnected and, and can even be, um, you know, have a really nasty part to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think a lot of times it's exactly, and, and I've, I've seen the same thing. I, I'm, I I don't think that that's a really good thing to to, to have. That's just my personal opinion. I, I don't think it's a good thing that parents are able to check kids' grades every day um, just for that reason. Um, but, uh, you know, and I and I think in, in a lot of instances with picking battles, I think with parents there's a, there's a fear of, well, if I don't pick this battle, I'm giving in. But what it, what it really is when, um, you know, if, if you can talk to your kids about the different things that are important um, that and kind of work through these issues, then then the kids themselves can learn. The kids can learn to do that for themselves. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And I think this is how you win the battle: is that you mm-hmm. you are thoughtful about what battles you pick, and then you create. There's a lesson in there. There's a life lesson, not just like this is how I want things to be. Lesson, you know, I don't want my um, son to be you know, leave towels in his room, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, he should have a neat room. Right? Um, but it's not just that. It's that there are really life lessons learned in that. And and also I just want to speak and I could have my parents verify this. I was an incredibly um, messy teenager. At one point my parents found, like, my winter jacket and plates of food and um, a whole bunch of other clothes oh, yeah. in my bed because I was hiding from inspection. <laughs> And, and now I'm very neat and tidy. So, so you do sometimes <laughs> yes. outgrow those things as well. But, you know, you shared a story with me off air about a battle you picked and the importance of it and the lesson that, you know, came with it um, with one of your kids. Do you mind sharing that one? <laughs> oh, not at all. Um, 
uh, one of one of my kids um was a bit more challenging um than than, than the other two um but has you know is a is a wonderful wonderful person and um has turned out wonderfully but anyway <clears throat> when he right after he got his um driver's license he almost immediately after he came home and he had gotten a speeding ticket and of course i was like oh my gosh that was that was a no that was a like no negotiation <clears throat> zone for my husband and I and we immediately took the car away and said that's it you don't you don't get use of the car for and it was like a, a very very long period of time and at the time he had said well you know he had a part time job and he had said well how am I going to get to my job how am I going to do this and I said well I don't know you you're a really resourceful kid I'm sure you'll figure out a way and as it turns out his first <laughs> He first tried a bicycle, but at the, you know, teenager, teen or 17, that's not all that cool, and he wasn't very athletic. And so he wound up um, having to call a cab to get himself to work, which was really funny because he wound up using half of his paycheck for transportation to get there. But um, he did, it was difficult for him, and he had to figure it out. And it so that was a lesson uh, and a, a battle that I wasn't willing to, um, it was a safety issue. So we were not willing to negotiate that. I'm I'm really glad that you shared that because I think that really, that is a clever one, getting a speeding ticket. And then the other part is you have to follow through with that. You know, you have, see, once you pick that battle, you have to follow through with that battle. And that, that is one of the ways that you win the battle is by following through because next time it's not, the battle doesn't even have to happen because your kid knows you're going to follow through, you know? So I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's super important. Another, you know, uh, way that you win the battle, so to speak, with your kids is by creating some illusion of power. And I'm going to go back to that great example and tell you how I negotiated that with my daughter because um, I can check her grades um, on that daily basis portal thing. And um, what I did was, um, now I know she's a good student, but... Um, you know, this was a transition into middle school. wasn't exactly sure how she would handle it, and I think she has a lot more homework um, than she had ever before. And so um, what I said to her is that I would not be checking that at all um, until the end of the first quarter, and then we would evaluate, see how she performed academically, and then if need be, in the second quarter, I would I would check it from time to time. Well, um, I came, I came home from work the other day, and she was really just beside herself. She was um, really upset, um, more angry than sad. And I asked her, you know, like, what's going on? And she was upset because she had um, a, a grade in a class under a 96. Now, we've never told her that there's some sort of grade level that we, you know, that we want to achieve. And and she's very blessed. I mean, she um, is is a very good student, but she's also, you know, a hardworking student, so she gets very good grades, you know, typically. But we weren't so sure about this. So um, so, so she has set this marker for her. It wasn't a marker we set for her. So what the lesson then becomes is that she wants to do well in school because it makes her feel good. She feels proud of her grades. Where in the instances with my um, clients that I work with, my children's clients that I work with, it's that they want to please somebody else. That becomes mm-hmm. their motivation, and, and it's related to this battle. 
So another thing to think about, um, you know, as you're deciding whether to fight this battle is what what is it that's going to come out of this? If it's possible, and I know sometimes it's really difficult to take the perspective of your kid, but this is a time where you want to also think about what would my kid's perspective be on this? And how you, you know, like I was saying, we created the illusion of power in this situation with my daughter is she has the power to decide if I'm going to check her grades every day because as long as she keeps them up, and all we said was keep them up. We didn't say, you know, keep them up to over a 90 or keep them up over, you know, an 80. We didn't give her any parameter for that. She set her own parameter. We left it kind of vague and, and so that we could see what was important to her, what level uh, was important to her. And so there's an illusion of, a, of power there so that she can, which turns into actual power, that she can have some privacy about um, that and she can handle, she also learns that she can handle that herself. She doesn't need us to be, did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? You know, um, what grades are you studying for your test? What grades are you getting? You know, so um, there's so many good things that come out of picking the right battle. That would not have been the right battle for, for me to pick. Right. And and I think uh, like grades have gotten to be I mean grades are important. There's no there's no doubt about that. But it, it winds up in many of the cases I've seen as being um, you know, a, a a parent's fear that if their child doesn't achieve a certain level that it somehow are you know, that, that they take it as a reflection on them. And and it um you know, there in many cases it winds up being that I've I've seen parents who are still um, overly concerned about grades when there are other, like, really, really big issues that, um, you know, as far as, like, emotional issues that need to be addressed that are, that are, um, that are actually more important um, than grades. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, with academic performance, sometimes um, poor academic performance, if it's, if it's a change, if it's new, it is related um, to, it is a great a marker for, you know, what a kid is going through emotionally. I mean, right. um, we've seen that happen with kids who are being bullied, with, um, you know, kids who are um, now immersed in um, an eating disorder, you know, who are depressed, mm-hmm. who are anxious. You know, so it is important to pay attention to that. And, you know, the other thing, and I think kids hear this, you know, I, I remember uh, my daughter hearing it in second grade and in, in a very direct way, you know, um, from the culture of the school, the message was, like, well, you're in second grade now. You're you're an older kid, you know? And so, you know, so they can hear that pretty early on, you know, on in their um, academic career. But, um, you know, as they get older, that comes like this. Um, how you, you know, how well you do in ninth grade, how well you do as a freshman matters, what college you're going to get into. And they hear that, you know, so frequently that picking that battle just adds to the anxiety, you know, of that. And, and I think if we want our kids to be, um, you know, give them every opportunity to be as mo- emotionally healthy as possible and to have a really good relationship with us where they're not afraid to tell us that they didn't perform well in school or they're not afraid to tell us that they got a student ticket, you know, then we then these are battles that we, that we have to pick and we have to decide. You know, um, the other night my son, he's eight, he was setting the table, and he dropped a dish, and it broke. And um, he got upset, and I and I said to him, I said, oh, my gosh, that must have scared you when the dish broke. And he said, I was scared that you guys were going to be mad. He wasn't scared that, you know, the dish broke and made a loud noise and, you know, shattered everywhere. 
And that's, that's that moment of, like, I could have been mad about a dish breaking. I could have picked that battle. But what would that have done? It's just a dish, you know, and it was nobody got hurt and it was easy to clean up. You know, so you have these moments. You actually have these moments happen all day, every day, and every interaction you have with your child. Pick a battle to let it go, Make you know, and making mm-hmm. that decision. <laughs> And I, I really am thinking back, and um, I, you know, I, I have told stories about my own kids, and and I'm fully, fully willing to admit that, um, you know, I made a lot of, of parenting mistakes, and I, and I think I wish that there had been times where I could have just, before speaking, and I think you, um, you made reference to this before, Jody, about kind of taking a step back for a minute, and I really wish there were times that I had said that I had taken a step back and said, wait a minute, okay, will this really matter in, you know, one year, five years, one month? Like, is this really worth it? Is this worth, um, you know, kind of possibly, um, like, affecting my relationship with this child? Is this this issue worth it? Mm -hmm. Like, what really matters to me? Right. And, and I think the whole thing that we're trying to get at uh, with the idea of blissful parenting is that part of this is, and getting your kids to be freakishly well-behaved, part, part of it is not on the parenting technique. It's Most of it um, is actually on the parent-child relationship or the teacher-child relationship or the coach-child relationship. But these are based on like what you create there so that when I said to my, you know, son after he broke the plate, like, um, that, that, that isn't a big deal. You know, that is nothing that I would ever get upset about, you know, and, and was clear with him about that. He trusted that I meant that. And then we could move on from there. Where if I, in the past I had picked battles about broken glasses or spilled milk or anything like that, then he wouldn't, then he wouldn't have trusted me about that. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's not just about what happens in the moment. It's also about, you know, what you're doing in your overall relationship. We only have right. about um, 30 seconds left today. So I think, um, you know, what I really want people to remember and, um, you know, June and I would love you to focus on in order to help you enhance those relationships with your children is to take take a step back, let go, make a decision about if the battle is worth it, and then uh, give your child opportunity to succeed and so that there don't have to be so many of those battles. Sound good, Jim? Sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Well said. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.